Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, this is Penny. Thank you for joining me for the Flourish Podcast. We've been working through my book, Love, Leadership, and Influence, The Power of Transforming Relationships. And we are on the chapter entitled, The Power of Unity. Now, you would think that perhaps unity is should just be a matter of course for Christians within a local church. But I've been in ministry for 44 years, and I have found that churches and the individuals within churches often struggle to stay free from offense. And in the type of relational agreement that allows and creates healthy and consistent growth and and fruitfulness, relationships take work, a lot of work. I'm sure most of you probably know that already. If it's in our, whether it's in our work environments, our families, or even our churches, it's obvious to me that our enemy is working overtime to keep upheaval and strife in the center of our churches. Keith and I have been in ministry a long time, traveled to a lot of churches, and sadly, there have been so many church splits and so many people that just very consistently just leave the church. And we're missing unity often within within the local church. Think about the level of turnover within churches today. Uh, one of the major reasons people leave a local church, sometimes one that they're really growing in, is personal offense. And this has kind of been a target thing that I've worked on in local churches that I've been involved in. And one of the best ways I've experienced to keep disunity at bay, so to speak, is by being very purposeful about training and establishing unity as a core culture within the church. It doesn't just happen. It's just not automatic. I, I promise you that. It's something that really has to be worked on. In Philippians 2.2, which is one of my favorite verses, Paul encourages the Philippians, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, intent on one spirit, intent in one purpose. That's something worth pursuing. To learn how to do life together in a way that deals with conflict proactively and wisely That's an incredibly important skill to learn in life, including within our local churches. But as I said, it's definitely not easy. Let's face it. I know from my own life, we all have our internal touchy areas, those things that push our buttons where we react to people in a way that can create or add to or escalate strife and division. It's just human nature. We just are frail at times. So it's important to grow. But beyond that, teaching these things and training people to commit to principles that create unity is very important. For many years, I led a team of women in my local church. Part of the foundation for this team 
was to walk out practical ways to stay in a place of unity. We used that verse that I read as a basis for our goal. We talked about areas that caused division. We were very straightforward. We were very practical. We didn't mince words. We didn't pretend. We were just real. And we talked about all kinds of things that could create division or strife or um, frustration in people. We talked about things that come up that tempt people to shut down and separate. We talked about learning how to have honest and communication with one another when offense did come which was inevitable, even in our own group that we worked within. We made a commitment to confront one another in humility and kindness, and even to forgive one another when it was needed. We decided ahead of time, we just made a decision. We just made a baseline decision. We will not allow conflict or offense to separate us. We didn't want to have the... um, church hopping mindset. And we made a decision to learn what it means to be established in a body, to have a sense of permanence. So obviously, the idea of being intent on one purpose was vital. We had to have vision. We had to have an objective. We weren't just like, oh, let's all be nice. and Let's never fight. We had a vision. We had a a purpose. We were intent on one purpose, like that verse says. And that objective was to love one another well, love those in our midst well, follow God's heart, and follow that vision of the local church with one mind, one heart, one love, and one purpose. Think about it. Any company, program, family that has a unified objective, and they're able to maintain that unity in their day-to-day life, They didn't get that way purely by luck. They just hit the jackpot somehow. Instead, there was very specific vision and training that resulted in a group of folks who learned how to handle the things that were adverse to that unity. So calling our church and its members up to a standard of like-minded vision is a healthy and a positive thing. It's not an overbearing thing. It's not a, um, what's the word? Heavy handed thing. Of course, we don't all have to believe this exact same way, but we do all need to agree on how to deal with conflict and gossip and misunderstandings and offense. Otherwise it will be havoc. If there's no teaching or training or policy, people are left to figure that out on their own. Sometimes I like to use Chick-fil-A as an example. They intensely train their people, and that breeds clarity, policy, objective vision, and ultimately success in their purpose. So people who have the responsibility to lead within a church, it's incumbent upon us to do likewise. I, I do feel like sometimes leaders think it's, overbearing to require such standards or qualities in the church. And of course, no leader should ever be arrogant or condescending. But Isaiah 62 10 says, go through the gates, clear the way for the people, build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a standard over the people. To be a leader, we must lead. We have to go through, clear the way of the instability 
that comes with everybody doing their own thing and handling relationships in a way that's destructive and brings chaos. We're called to lift up a standard, a standard that brings peace. We have to lead by example, but also by instruction regarding this need for unity and one heart and one mind and one love. It's amazing to me, and I, I saw this in our church and in our with our teams and such. Once this mindset and this DNA has been established, it becomes the norm. And people begin to see life is so much better with this type of peace and security, with no bitterness, without gossip, without cattiness, and with a, an ability to know how to handle those type of things when they do come up. Uh, years ago, my daughter was a part of a, a Christian school endeavor in another country. She flew from the United States to be a teacher um, and just to give of her talents and her time. Unfortunately, everything there was loosey-goosey. The staff, including herself, were basically on their own to learn what was expected. There was very little instruction, very little policy, very little vision given how to relate to one another or anything. It was chaotic. And I remember her telling me, boy, I wish you could come here and help pull them together, like a, a legitimate team in sync. Because the lack, because great ineffectiveness was caused by this lack of vision and instruction and of clarity. And I know people can be independent-minded in churches. They don't always want to be required to follow specific rules of behavior. But honestly, where else in life does that work? And when we don't require, when we don't raise up a standard and go before and say, this is the way we're going to walk in this church, it yields a fragmented group of individuals, usually accompanied by strife and confusion. Unity in a church, just like in a family or organization, it's powerful. People feel safe within a church like that. They know there's an atmosphere of respect and honor toward each other. It's demonstrated by a determination to act with one heart, one mind, one love, one purpose. And where catty gossip about them or anybody else is not the standard. It's brought to bear. It's it's encouraged to be resolved and dealt with. So may I encourage you, if you're a member of a local church, and I hope that you are, just maybe ask yourself if, if you're committed to total unity as a member or even a leader of that church. That doesn't mean you don't appraise things or process things or deal with issues or things you don't agree with. Of course you deal with them in the proper way. But it means that you process you work through, you refuse to gossip, you forgive, you become a peacemaker, and you will be one of the people who promotes unity or perhaps teaches unity. You're a catalyst, a DNA setter, a person of stability and character. You won't allow offense to guide you or push you to separate yourself. Proverbs 18 is a 18.1 is a verse I've, I've shared a lot, and it says, he who separates himself is a fool and argues against all sound wisdom. People separate themselves from other people so readily over sometimes very small things. And we have to learn 
to grow up, to be mature, to be strong, and to resolve these type of things, and to go after unity. We have a responsibility to live unified in our hearts and in our purpose and in our churches. Let's be those people who set that standard. Thank you so much for joining me today. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.